try and do a little bit of a more enthusiastic intro next time. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Your face just killed. <laughs> Welcome to the Abode of Lollocks podcast, <laughs> where a few experts and myself, Ryan Praiser, get together every week to talk whatever Lollocks comes to mind. Uh, this week, the topic is still going to be interviewing each other because last week I realised I spoke pretty much the entire hour. Well, it was um, very interesting, though. Yeah, it was, it was cool. We got, we got, we got I like, remember into a Luton. few things. Luton Town. I remember yeah. Luton. I My remember actually, Otep uh, a little bit. Otep, yeah, yeah, the artist at the end. My dad actually called me out on something that I said. Um, I wasn't actually uh, close to being born in a bar. I was actually in Luton when I was born. And I didn't know this. I was like corrected by my dad who listens so to the no podcast. So there's no bars in Luton? No, I want, they, want, um, they weren't living in the bar at the time I was born. Yeah. And it was just after that they went into the bar. And that's why I have such early memories. So of are you christened in the bar then? Christened? Are you christened? Please, I, I need to know this. I, I, I think this might be something. I don't know if I'm christened. You don't know? Honestly, I don't know. I know that I had a St. Christopher, which is generally something that you give someone after they've been baptised. It's like a... What's that? Yeah, St. You know St. Christopher? It's, it's like, like a, a, a cross. Or yeah, it's like a little uh, little amulet. It's a little silver amulet. And St. Christopher is like the patron saint of travelling or travels or something like okay. this. And it's like a good luck on your Well, you have travelled, so nice. Just. <laughs> Just well, but anyway, this is about you. You're this trans- week's okay, about you. Okay, okay, sorry. All right, Stop all right. It. Oh, man. All right, so this week, uh, what, I, what I really want to do is to introduce the people to you and a little bit about your background. I am right? so happy to talk about myself. But, t- 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 so what, what is your occupation at the moment? My occupation at the moment is uh, uh, my day-to-day um, boring 9-to-5 job, even though it isn't 9-to-5. But I'm a sales manager, and I sell... What? It's okay, it's okay. But yeah, it it's is okay. Yeah. It's a but job, it's security, that's more than Exactly. And it's like, you know, my, my girlfriend's brother is like one of the one of the leading people. Like he's one of the seniors in the company. So mm-hmm. they offered me a spot and he's very invested. Okay, so I'm also an actor and I, I do a lot of acting stuff after work. So like what these two things both have in common, kids, is nepotism. You've gotta know somebody to get in. Otherwise, but you can work for that. I didn't know anybody when I came to Prague, but I made a network really hard. Yeah, you just you have to work, but it is really, really true. Like definitely nepotism. No, well, nepotism in a way, but it but more more of contacts and making yourself making sure people who might want to hire you know that you're trustworthy and that you're like a a decent person and stuff. Because I know from my own experience, it's really difficult sometimes to find good people to work for you. Like it really is. I you know like I said, I worked in a bar and stuff. And it was very tricky to find people, even to just show up for bar shifts. Yeah. Like, that's tricky. So, like, out of, out of six, seven people, yeah, but out of six, seven people you interview or whatever, like, three of them might legitimately not make it through the first week just by not yeah. showing up. Or, like, yeah. not be, and that's yeah, crazy, exactly. right? So, nepotism is a thing. And it, but I think it's mostly about showing somebody your face and that you can actually be trusted to do actual work. Like that's that's, most, that's most what the networking is all about, yeah. really. It's about making those friends. I spoke about last time, having all these contacts, having this network. It's, it's what kind of lifts you up and it, what, what people will kind of present you when they find something they can trust you for. You know, they'll, they'll call on you when they think you're relevant. You know? yeah. They'll call you up when they've got something for you. So, I've got a question for you, Siggy. Yeah, give me and, a question. Uh, I don't know if you're prepared for it. I am not prepared at all. I, you're I, an actor. Mm. Is 
this like your main thing that you're kind of going towards at the moment? I have where your heart is. I think it's I think it's roughly where my heart is. Like that, I do think pretty much. What did you want to be when you were older as a kid? I wanted to be a physicist or a scientist of some kind. Mm. Or a politician. I wanted to be a politician, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but genuinely, I did. Change the world. Yeah, I really did. I wanted to be a diplomat for a while because I knew the the requirements to become a diplomat. Basically, like you know, the traveling, you need to know a lot of languages. Need to be extremely knowledgeable about the world, culture, the world, history, political, current events. You know, you need to be updated, and you also need to be passionate. So I I always thought you know it's one of those like elitist cliques almost but with an ex- politicians no 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 diplomats diplomats yeah politicians is is a hugely diverse field but but yeah. with diplomats it's you you can get there through nepotism a bit as well but you you have to prove that you are an extremely capable person with knowledge about a a, a vast amount of very important things. So I always respected that. So I, I did look into that. And then it was like, in order to even enroll or have a chance, for, the, for me, the Swedish like diplomatic corps then. Right. So they take in like 25 students or something a year. And I looked this up, like exactly what the requirements are. And like 10 of them are already nepotism kids, like children of for, former, you know, yeah. foreign ministers or like the, as somebody related to the king or whatever, right? You know, so like 10 of those 24 spots are already that. And then the rest, you have to have like two PhDs in two separate fields. You have to have, you know, you have to know three languages fluently at an absolutely fluent level. You have to like go through tests and interview situations where they go like, okay, you're in Kabul. Your, you, your responsibility is like to transport the ambassador over here. and Your car breaks down and you get an alarm about this. How do you handle the situation? So you get grilled in like an interview room. And I was like, I wish... I wish I could like put all my energy and focus into this, but it seems quite unlikely that I'll like, you know, make it into that core in the next 10 years. So like, when did that start? What was the trigger? Or what kind of what made you want to be either the scientist thing? If there's like a memory that made you want to be a physicist or like specifically a diplomat? Well, both of my parents are, are scientists mm-hmm. like my dad or at least he was he's retired and he's in he's actually in like an old people's home right now for with dementia and stuff like that but he was a mathematician mathematics professor right. so and my mother is a doctor in physics okay. so the conversation the conversations at home when i was a kid always revolved around science and facts and what's true and logic and reason and what's interesting and new i mean my dad had this whole thing he was basically my dad probably has some sort of autistic some he's somewhere on the autistic spectrum probably but he's never been diagnosed so i don't know for sure but probably and he would think obsessively about mathematics he would read a lot but not be very socially like he was not socially very adept, let's right, say. Yeah. Right? So he didn't have any friends and he didn't like going and meeting with people and stuff like that. But he was like respected in his field and stuff. Like, you know, professionally he was very interesting. But he also, I think, romanticized quite a bit the whole British kind of 
you know, explorer, the lord who is an erudite, and you know, and who goes goes <laughs> to the world. And, well, not necessarily, but the whole I, I respect that ideal too. You know, the British learned individual who sits there with his books and his parchments, he enjoys scholar. the a scholar. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. Still, I think a pretty yeah. big British kind of. Yeah. I guess so. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like uh, going to university, going going to any kind of higher yeah. education is. A privilege. No matter how many people tell you it's not, it's a privilege of in course. the UK, and of you've course. got to pay for that privilege. And again, it comes down to this nepotism thing. If you don't know somebody, if you haven't got rich parents, if you haven't got some kind of guarantee or insurance on for your sure. on your financial status, you're not going to university, kid. You know, and that's that sucks. But it's because of sure. the high level of competition in the country. That's true. There are so many high level professors. And facilities and universities that have billions of pounds invested in them, of course, right, so that they can do and real world very, research and very high profile donors and beneficiaries and exactly. whatever, whatever, like all exactly. of that for sure. Like you're talking Oxbridge, you're talking like Oxbridge, Europe. Oxford. You mean there's Oxford, Ox- Oxford and Cambridge. That's what we call both of them. Oh, together. Oxbridge, I see. Yeah, yeah, it's both of them together because they do the boat race. They're kind yeah, they of do, known yeah, as the yeah, biggest yeah. two. Yeah, for sure. Um, like at What's least the third in terms one? Of I don't know that. I, what would be the third? It depends on what you're looking for, and that's the thing. Mm. You know, like there isn't um, like one to my mind that would be the number one university that isn't Oxbridge. It's mm. like if you want to go to do arts, mm-hmm. you will go to somewhere like Bath, Bristol, or somewhere in London. It's funny. You'll go to one of the arts colleges there. Yeah. If if you're wanting to be a lawyer, you'll go to like Essex and Guildford, where they've got like different schools and mm-hmm. stuff there. If you wanted to be, uh, I don't know, if you want to be a musician, you go to Leeds. They've got a great conservatoire there, and the music scene there is amazing. You know, there's there's all these different places that have their own specialty. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's the same as Sweden, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the specifics, there's always like a certain college that's the best. But, but even every level, there's there's so much competition even, to even, get in. Let's say know. Oxbridge, then, if you mm. if we use that term, then they they're like Cambridge. I know is pretty good at the 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 physic the uh, the natural sciences and stuff as well, right? Like the I can't tell you specifically. I just know like that NASA they're them two. Those two places are two places that I would have never gone to myself. Uh, of course, you know? of course. But they're they also, that's also the growing stuff. ground, of course, for like politicians and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, politicians, English literature is very big in Cambridge. Exactly. Oxford, like that like whole this. classical thing. And probably... Philosophy. Exactly. All the classical arts. And that's, of course, is a high, a higher um, class ideal. The whole, you know, it's like Poirot. Fine art. Yeah, Poirot or who, whomever else, you know, these... these these learned gentlemen, basically, who who are well traveled, um, well well accustomed to ancient culture and well mannered, well mannered exactly. They have their whole. It goes back to this concept of. Have you ever read the Crucible? No. So the Crucible is set about uh, I don't know time frame, but it's about the Salem witch trials. Right. Um, so basically, a so load 1660. Of, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, essentially, the the reason I brought it up is because the the concept of a name is so important, right? If your name is tarnished, your life is tarnished. You know, you have to live in solitude if your name has been besmirched, because 
of the shame. You can't walk the Wait, streets. wait, wait. Walk me back a couple of steps with that. What? So, like, having a name and protecting your name, you know? As in a family. The respect. As in a family. No, no, no. no. Your own name. Your right. first name, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about trust Individualism. and respect. Individualism. Yeah. yeah. It's about not breaking your promises to people. It's about, like, not being... Uh, an adulterer, things like this, uh, and the crucible is a real fascinating kind of uh, like magnifying glass and all this. Uh, right. You should read it if you're a reader, man. Like it's, sure. it's classic theater as well as literature. It's uh, Arthur Miller, I believe. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know that name. Of course, I they know the yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I've got it wrong. Arthur Miller. What else did he write? <laughs> Don't ask me that. Right. David, what do All you right. know? Producer David. David, do you know? What Dave, did Arthur Miller write? Arthur Miller, did he write The Crucible? And or, what else? Or, or, or who wrote The Crucible? Because for some reason, John Steinbeck's in my head as well, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the, the Crucible is Steinbeck. No. He wrote Grapes of Wrath and stuff like that, I think. Mm. What, what's the name? Arthur Miller. Yes. The Crucible. Yes, Steinbeck. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy that wrote it, right? And when is it set? Because it's the Salem Witch Trials, but I'm not sure about I love that we have period. a fact checker for this. Yeah, this, man, this is, is why you've always got like, third person in this the room. This is great. I mean, David. we could also uh, Google it. What? It's set in... It's an adaptation of a 1953 play. Yeah, that makes sense. And the plot is in 1692. 1692. 1692, yeah. I like that. Nice. It already had rifles, but not much. 1069 and 2. That's that's nice. Internet numbers. Hmm. I'm mature. Anyway, so you wanted to be a physicist or a diplomat (laughs) when you were a kid. (laughs) Who would you play in a biopic movie if you ever got the chance to choose? I think the most realistic one would honestly be David Bowie. A little bit. You can Show see it. People. A little bit. Okay, yeah, you have to watch this on YouTube if you're not watching it on YouTube. But yeah, yeah, we've got a YouTube channel for yeah, those exactly. listening on Apex. Thanks same for thing. listening yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I don't know where it came from, but appreciate the support, everyone. Really, really. We're hugely excited. Yeah. Yes. We're going to keep doing it. We've got a few more in the pipeline. We so. definitely will, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, David Bowie. Is that because you really want to or because that's what I you do think you could do? I, I, could, I think I could do, but I also really would want to. Yeah. I think I could sing with basic David Bowie's voice. I, I don't know. Um, I have to do some singing Bound training. control to major, major Tom. You've got, the, you've got the pitch, right? I do. And I can also, like, I, I could with a little bit of training. I, with a little bit of practice, I think I could sing out. Pretty. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. We'll do some vocal lessons. Maybe oh fuck soon. yes! He's off. I asked him last time. I don't, you, it was no. That was definitely after we finished. It's def- Yeah, yeah. It was after we finished. But it's definitely him. a tool that I haven't used very well in the last couple of years. So. Your voice. My voice. Yeah. Yeah, but you I've need to. You need to make an before. intro for this too. Yes. Yes. Make do an a, intro. I don't know. Can you do what whatever we need you can. Sting, do like a like or a like a. Lord of Lollocks. Like, like that's a that's a that's a good start. You can like make it a bit longer. <laughs> make it a bit longer. All right. I don't know. I'll come up with some ideas yeah, and do uh, we'll spitball it together. We've yes. Got, yeah, no, no, yeah no. like we're something now. <laughs> exactly. We'll probably get to the fourteen minutes into like after this, and David will have made an intro for us already. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Because producer David is actually a producer. <laughs> anyway. Mm. You're challenging me. Okay, let me see what I can do. <laughs> Make it Scar style. That's what we like. We like Scar? Scar. As in the Lion King. 
Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I, I'm sorry. Oh boy, oh boy. All right. Are you so also musical knowledge? Next time. You, yeah. yeah, he's a music producer. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so next time, uh, I have a different artist for now, but next time I'm going to come prepared with a lesson on what ska music is. All right? Okay. Because at, at the minute I'll get it wrong. We've had a I few mean, beers, so I, I, I don't want to mess up history. I really do like Scar from The Lion King as well. I think he has a great song in The Lion King. In the third one, I think in the third one, in the fir first one, in the first one, in the <laughs> sorry, he dies after the first right. one, right? <laughs> I do that. Scar um, becomes Squish, no? Da, do, do. Yeah, that was the one where everything's green. Yes. Right? Oh, what does it even call? I don't even remember the name of it. Oh it's my god! It's a Nazi song. Yes, it's a Nazi yes. song with the hyenas are mar marching like Nazis. Do, 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 do. Oh fuck. Be prepared. Be prepared. Oh my god, we're such good singers. This is great. Ah, uh, it's good content right there. Yeah. Alright, so the final like one of these silly questions I've got for you, right? We'll do silly, I got into deep stuff. Well that's it. Like this is what it's a window for. These it are blueprints. And I also questions. I also just came from a funeral as well. Do you so... want to talk about that now? <laughs> no, I'll yeah, well. We can talk about it another time. Yes, yeah, alright. But yeah. I hear it was lovely and uh, it was lovely. rest in peace. Yeah. Bless. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Yes. To my grandma. Yes. To your grandma. Okay, what would you like to ask me? Well, what I'd like to ask you <laughs> is what's the most embarrassing thing that you did as a kid that you remember? I... And I'm talking like under 10. Right, so there's no, like, judging mm. here. It can be absolutely ridiculous, and you can kind of <laughs> hindsight it if you want. <laughs> but, yeah. I did, as embarrassing things go, I, I once made up a story, because we were making up stories about... I don't know if this is super embarrassing, but... We were making up stories about be super scary, crazy. scary things that were happening in the neighborhood because we were uh, kids, uh, right? And it was all the boys talking and we were like six or seven right, or whatever, yeah. right? Oh, I have this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like made up the story that, yeah, that scary neighbor. We had like a neighbor who everybody was talking about was like, drowning cats or whatever. But he like lived <laughs> off, off in the forest, right? He lived off in the forest. But it was... Cats. Yeah, exactly. So, but I made up a story like, yeah, that guy, like he took me once and he like, he like slipped, he like cut my finger and stuff. And, and my friend was like, you're lying. I was like, no, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. What are you saying I'm lying? Stop. <laughs> you know? And he was like, no, you're lying. I'm like, no, no, I'll show you the space. We have to go spy on him. We went and spied oh, on this man. guy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But that's... <laughs> you went to spy on someone that you thought was like a murderer. I mean, to be honest, the whole talk about him drowning kittens wasn't all too far-fetched. Like, you know... He had a scary looking place. Like we would, you have to sneak through the woods. He had like a private road. So you have to sneak through the woods to see his house. Damn. And it was quite scary looking and stuff. And I can imagine that. But also, who in a normal God fearing, I almost said, I cut my finger. <laughs> that was the thing that got me. It's all no, these it didn't things. even work. He took me to the river and he tried to drown me. No, no, he no, cut no. my finger. He, cut my finger. he Charlie, laid hands. He laid hands on Ouch, me. Ouch, Charlie! That's scary. <laughs> but I've done oh, more shit. embarrassing things for sure. So I, the reason I asked it is because I had a flash the other day of something that happened to me as a kid. Because right. um, 
at my workplace, there's a, 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 like it's a push-pull door, but right opposite ours, there's a revolving door, and it doesn't move unless it detects a person. It's an automatic revolving door. I watched a guy who was about six foot seven, right? Right. Step into this thing. It didn't move. Was he too tall? No, there's back. no way. <laughs> it didn't fucking move. Right. And then he went to turn around and then got trapped in there. And he's like, well, shit. <laughs> so you got trapped in it. A... No, no, no. I didn't get trapped in the thing. It reminded me of a time where yeah. I ran head first into a glass door. Because Both I of these things are lame. Both of these things are lame, right? We have to have better embarrassing shit than this. But we have to up the age. Okay, I'll tell you this. Okay, when I was... No, because if we get too old, then it's more like incriminating stuff. And I can't really say unless... Yeah, but you, can, uh, you must have something. Okay, I'll, I'll start. You, can, you must have something from when you were... Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is there's illegal. A there's a lot. Yeah. Okay, when I was in, in seventh grade or eighth grade, I had my, I think, my first real, real crush. Like an right. honest-to-God crush on somebody. And I was, for reasons we might get into at some point, but I was quite a maladjusted kid. Right. Like, I was. And I did not know how to feel comfortable or small talk with other people and stuff. I was always respected. Like, pe I was always nice and people respected me and I had a lot of kind of friends, you know, who supported me and were on my side and stuff, but I didn't have a friend group that I felt comfortable yeah, in. Like, yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. I always felt on the outside and, like, didn't want to small talk and didn't want to blend in or whatever. But I had friends and people, like, saw I was nice and they, like, really treated me well. It was no issue like that. But anyway, so I was a bit on the outside, didn't know how to socialize with people. And there was this one girl I was super, super infatuated with, like, Extremely, you know, like the first crush, it's crushing. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. In, in, it encompasses your entire being. They have to be thinking of you right now, otherwise, it otherwise you, you, exactly, you die burns. inside. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was so into her and obsessed. You know, you yeah. get an obsession. So I would legitimately not stare, like stop staring at her. I would stare at her every day, and this is weird. I would stare at her every day for, I think, like, two weeks. I would be mortally depressed at this point, too. I was, like, in between 7th and 8th grade, and I was, like, I was depressed as heck, right? So this was, like, kind of my one of my escapes or whatever, right? So I would just, like, stare at her and be, like, please, like, you know, not even notice me. I thought I was invisible. I literally thought nobody else. I had such little self-reflection and, you know, like, self, you know. Self-esteem. No, not self-esteem, but like I couldn't see myself from the outside all right. at yeah, yeah. all, you know? So I like legitimately thought nobody could see me staring at her. I'm sure in hindsight, with hindsight, everybody knew exactly yeah, everybody what knew. was going on. Everybody. Exactly. And it was like so awkwardly apparent, probably for everybody. <laughs> so, which made it worse. But I would not stop staring at her for like two weeks straight. Every time we'd be in the same space, I would stare at her. And, you know, she'd, of course, be way cooler than me. So she'd, like, play it off. She'd, like, lock eyes with me for, like, a second, you know, gloss over me as if it was, like, nothing weird at all. So I was also, like, maybe she doesn't notice either. And then she texts me after two weeks. She texts me legitimately. Like, we don't text or anything. We don't really talk, small right. talk. Like, I don't small talk with anybody, really. But, like, okay, so she texts me. She's, like, you have to stop staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> she just texts me. You have to stop staring at me. And you know, oh, of course, I'm mortified. I'm like, shit, she's noticed. Probably everybody's noticed. I'm such a freak. I'm such a weirdo. You know, this is the worst day of my life. And I just, I just text her back like the weirdest response. I just go like, 
okay, but like spelled weirdly, like okay, like okay, why, but like for Swedish, okay. and I'm like, yeah, exactly, like, okay, exactly, okay, and I do, and uh, wow. it's just like I'm crying. <laughs> it's the it's the most ashamed I think I've been of my of myself ever. Oh, you know, because I was old enough to know better. It's just like you know, I've I was maladjusted. One, I got one from when I was real, real small kid, and I right. think it's a case of like something was misunderstood mm-hmm. along the way, but like. I look back on it now, and I must be like, like an idiot child. <laughs> so, uh, we went to visit like my stepfather's parents, right? Right. And on the way, my mum was telling me that, ah, uh, your pop pop mm-hmm. used to be in the war. He has all these medals, and he used to kill people for a living, right? But he was not right. a Nazi, sure. No, no, he was a soldier, yeah. but he was a Polish soldier. Right. Right. And he also seen some stuff, blah, blah, blah. But we were actually going to see his pop. Not his pop pop. His pop pop was his granddad and his yeah. granddad was dead. Uh-huh. So I went to pop's house and I was like, I know what you did as a, as a, as, as a teenager. You kill people, pop pop. <laughs> I don't want to speak to you. You're a nasty man. Right. <laughs> but it was your pop pop pop. No, this was my pop. You were talking to your pop. I was talking to pop. But you didn't understand. But I didn't know that he wasn't the person pop, pop. that. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, I understand, you didn't understand that he understand wasn't the, the right person, right. you know, right? Yeah. I didn't realize my mom was talking about, my, like, it would have been my grand, great granddad, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. You know, like, yeah. step yeah, yeah. great granddad or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, I just, first time I met him, I was like, I know what you did. You killed people. You're not a nice man. And I sat in the garden and sulked like this until my mom came what? over and was like, this isn't Pop Pop. Pop Pop's dead, Ryan. <laughs> like, I was like, why did you tell me that? And you're ashamed of this? No, because it was, no, it's just something that I remember as like right. really embarrassing when you're like five, six years of course, old. You everything know I mean? matters so everything, much when you're five, six years old. so horrible everything, in that of age. Of course. But yeah, I, it's something I look back on, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never paid attention so... to details and nothing like this. Now I'm meticulous. Now I'm a bit more aware. You've like, learned you've to control to, it. Yeah, yeah the, the, the devil's in the you're details. Fi- you're fighting you know? against yourself, yeah. All right, so we got a little bit into you today. We're going to keep the episode a little bit short. We're nearing that time. Yeah, but yeah. I've got uh, a question about a band that you might not have heard of. Now, this is the time where we teach singing music, okay? Teach me. I'm teachable. Have you heard of a band called System of the Down? Yes. You have? Yes. Alright, so you've listened to them, you enjoyed them. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I know of, of them. I probably have heard a couple of their songs, but I could not name them. Right. If I heard them, I might recognize them, but that's okay. about it. So that's, that's a couple of points in the box anyway. Okay. Alright, we'll leave System of a Down then. You at least... Were they on Guitar them. Hero 3? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why I know them. <laughs> that's the only reason. It's the only reason I know System of a Down. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So yeah. the other one that I had on my short list here um, is Thursday. Now this is a band that you've probably never ever heard of. Most no. of the people listening probably never ever heard of them. No. But what is the band Thursday? It what is, do they play? It is. They play goth, sad music because they're the older brother of Wednesday who had to take on even more dark responsibilities. That's what I think. Yeah. 
okay. So you're not actually far off the Ooh. truth, okay? I know so I'm not. I know I'm not. Thursday are kind of like, oh, I don't know what you call them, post-punk or something like this. Right. But they're, they're a hard rock-ish band. Right. Like, that's the easiest way to describe it to see who don't jump on me. <laughs> um, but the way I would describe them is that they're whiny emo noise. Right? But it's beautiful. Because everything is so cacophonic, like it's that's exactly what I imagine. Yeah, like, Wednesday's it's brother noise, exactly. but it's sad and it rips at your heart. Oh, and it yeah. like I understand everything that. is pain. I see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can get at least. It's even clip. closer to Friday, which is like the release. <laughs> it's even more pain. But these are one of my one of my old best friends' favorite bands, and they introduced me to them. But yeah, let's get. My favorite song is called The Love Song Writer. Um, it's probably going to be as low as possible here so we don't get copyright struck. <laughs> but this is. What, I make faces and react? <laughs> After the freaking ads, every time. Every time. Hey, why don't you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts? That way, eventually, we can monetize this and I can pay for YouTube Premium. One day. That'd be great. Anyway, this is, is Thursday. This is nice. It's like the Silent Pillar intro. Oh, Silent Pillar music. Yeah. Melody and like, so know. that's it. That's that's just a minute and a half of it. Uh, maybe I'll be able to put the clip up on YouTube at some point. But uh, yeah, the love song writer especially is the epitome of my emo days. <laughs> that's that's who I was in a dark room listening to that song, imagining that I'm the love song writer in the song. You know, it's, it's like you know, my chemical romance is almost the same thing as that. Though. Yeah, yeah, almost. except uh, my chemical romance have always had that pop. They have, and they have very, they have a lot of different stuff. Like I yeah. went to one because my girlfriend is into music, right? So she introduced me to a lot. And we went to one My Chemical Romance Oh yeah, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole talk afterwards in the parking lot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. I remember that. There was beer spilled over you. I remember that too. Oh yeah, it yeah. was great. <laughs> it was it was horrible because the O2 then let you out to smoke. Yeah, uh, that's true. Don't go to big gigs unless you 
can help it. Like, if you absolutely need to see a stadium band, cool. Go there just to see them. Don't bother with support because <laughs> a lot of the times in these places, these support bands are no good. They have got bad managers that put them with bands that they don't fit. You know? And that's true, though. I did really, really... I think that was my chemical romance, where I really had the feeling that the the opening bands... Like, there was they one good opening act. There was one good opening act. Yeah, yeah. But, but then there were, like, two other opening acts that really did not fit yeah, or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, they really didn't work. That's it. But anyway, kids, yeah. that has been The Abode of Lollocks, Episode 2, Interview with a Siggy. With uh, me? Yeah. Uh, tune in next week for another episode where we're going to have a special guest. On Please the show. do. Oh, Subscribe, you... like, all that good jizz, and uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Cool. Okay, nice. <laughs>